Well, good day and welcome to another episode here of the Disaster Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Davis, the Podmedic, and we are here for our end of the year episode as we record for the last time in 2021 and say goodbye to yet another COVID year, which we thought we were only going to have one, but hey, another one snuck in on us. Um, And we're looking forward to chatting about some of the things we covered this year and bringing in some of the regular team to talk about their favorite episodes. And um, hopefully we'll be able to talk about some of the ones you liked as well. So um, we'll give you a chance to um, look at that and check out the show notes for any links to the episodes we talk about. And without further ado, I'll get into my uh, Good friend and co-host, Sam Bradley. Sam, thanks again for another great year. I know it was a good year, wasn't it, Jamie? We had some excellent guests and certainly a lot of weather to talk about. Weird weather, now that I I went through and kind of reviewed some things. So we'll talk about that for a bit. And we have uh, Kyle here to help us do that. Hi, Kyle. Hey there, Sam. And we got Dr. Joe with us as well. So hey, everybody. We, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Joe. And our other two are off and running somewhere, but we will cover their information that they sent. So, oh, gee whiz, Jamie. Um, looking back at this year, it was just weather-wise in particular, it was just weird. Of course, we had the usual hurricanes. We had Hurricane Henri, I guess it was, that wreaked some havoc, uh, flooding in Tennessee, um, of course, fires as usual, uh, a heat wave in the Pacific Northwest, and I think they had a cold spell as well, and a blizzard in Hawaii, that was fun, uh, historic droughts, and, you know, California can't make up its mind. It's either a drought or it's flooding. There's like no in-between. Uh, they had a unique cold snap in Texas, um, tornadoes including Ida, and then this really weird, bizarre, awful uh, bunch of tornadoes that came in late. Um, the condo collapse, which is the only thing that wasn't fire-related. <laughs> and, of course, another COVID year. So I'm going to kind of throw that out, Joe. You, you know, you got to wonder, we've had two variants already. What's the likelihood of, of another one and COVID just going on ad nauseum from one variant to the next forever? Oh, God forbid. <laughs> I know. But, you know, uh, you got to wonder. Yeah. I mean, I think that's an excellent question. You know, the the um, this Omicron variant, because it is, what, six or seven times more infectious than previous versions and is, you know, spreading much faster than any of the prior versions, uh, but thankfully not necessarily resulting in more severe illness, at least among those that are vaccinated, um, may help uh, because of the widespread likelihood that even vaccinated people are having mild infections with it, um, you know, sort of use up the available hosts uh, and that may well slow future variants and that kind of stuff down. I, I, one of the challenges with coronaviruses is that they uh, they they show up on all kinds of hosts, from um, dogs to you know other mammals and horses and pigs and all kinds of stuff. And so it it makes for uh, there's a huge pool of vectors out there for it to 
you know, modify itself again and reappear. But fingers crossed. Jamie, you had a question? Yes, he did. Yeah, I, you know, Joe, I've heard so many people talk about this just becoming endemic at this point. And, and really, you know, maybe it's going to be, is it, is it going to be one of those things that they're just going to roll the COVID vaccine into the annual flu vaccine each, each fall and, and that'll be it? Or, I mean, it just feels like at this point that we're going to have to find some kind of normal to live with um, because it doesn't feel like it's going away. Right. Yeah, I won't be at all surprised to, to know that there's not a lot of truth to what you just said. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, certainly the the coronavirus itself is not going to go away, and uh, um, hopefully, COVID will settle into some smoldering endemic, uh, sort of like the flu, uh, where we can you know get our vaccine and hopefully not have too severe illness from it, and. Uh, it doesn't have the huge negative impact on the healthcare system and people's lives and ability to work and all those other things. Yeah. Well, and we know with the holidays and a lot of people getting together and people on airplanes and boats and trains and automobiles that, you know, we're likely to get some kind of surge, especially in the unvaccinated. So we can hope for the best on that. Well, um, we're going to go over our favorite episodes, um, and of course, that's kind of hard to do. Because, but interestingly, we picked a lot of the same ones, and kind of looking into next year, what are what are some things we would like to see, and of course, who are our favorite guests? So, Jamie, let's start with you. Yeah, I think you know, I I'd like to just really focus on what we I feel like we do the real a really good job of, and that's bringing people um, reports from the scene of these major events um, because of the, the, the fact that we have Joe and other people that we know in the system of responders that we're able to, to kind of get a, a look on the ground from behind the scenes. You know, we, we all watch maybe the news reports and we get, we get what's put out there for public consumption but we also are lucky enough to have the responders that we're in, that are part of our network that we can talk about the business of what we're doing, um, and and in a way that helps us all be better for when these things happen in our communities. And and I think that's something that we do really well here in the Disaster Podcast community, um, mostly because of the things that Joe calls in with. But we've had other people call in as well. And I think that that's something I'd like to, you know, kind of focus on from what we did last year. I mean, whether it was the condo collapse, whether it was the recent tornadoes, um, we, we, we've always been able to bring people a look at what's really going on from behind the scenes. And I think that's what one of the things that is, makes this podcast such a strong presence in the response community. I absolutely agree, and I know Joe does. So we're hoping Joe gets a lot more deployments next year. Hey. <laughs> we'll send Kimberly. How's that? Oh, I'm good with that. <laughs> but I would agree that uh, the condo collapse report you did, Joe, was something we wouldn't have gotten anywhere else because it kind of took you to a gut level. You lost a friend in that. And I could tell this probably affected you more than a lot of the major weather disasters you've been on. So 
you know, you get that gut level reaction to somebody who's out there in, in something, especially something that unique. Um, it's, you can't get it anywhere else. Um, Kyle, any thoughts on Joe's or Jamie's suggestion? I absolutely agree. It's uh, the live updates from the field and, and really pulling in those those experts and, and those responders who were um, on the scene and intimately involved in those incidents. Uh, it right, it, it's invaluable, right? Because that's truly uh, some of the value that we can provide. And that kind of ties in with one of the sort of the, the themes that I also would, would really um, hope to see uh, more as we go forward into next year, right, is really bringing out some of those lessons learned because it's one thing to talk about, you know, the statistics, the numbers and, and things like that. But as you said, Sam, right, it's getting those those personal stories, those experiences and really uh, extolling, you know, the what was done on scene, what was learned, what worked, what didn't, because, you know, there's there's so much that we do as a response community that and we, and we learn it. But I still think we have a long way to go in sharing what what we learned effectively, and I think that the podcast could be a great uh, avenue for that. You're right, and along with that, I think you know we don't get a lot of administrators and emergency managers. Um, I'd like more of their perspective as well. How do they deal with these disasters from their perspective? So that kind of goes along with it. And Jamie, one of the things you mentioned too was is continuing to look at ways to build community resilience. And I think all of that kind of goes together. Uh, getting back to what Kyle said, you know, look at the after action reports and say, okay, you know, it's hard because we're getting things we couldn't have anticipated or tornadoes that are much stronger than anticipated or at the time of the year that we wouldn't have anticipated. So, you know, trying to build community resilience is tough because you don't have a normal normal anymore. You have to be prepared for everything all the time. Would you agree, Jamie? Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, one of the things that we saw when we were covering the tornadoes in Western Kentucky, this just recently um, was communities that were showing their resilience. Um, you know, these people started digging out as soon as the sun came up the next morning Um you know, these communities had people and contractors that were members of that community that got their equipment out and started using it to dig people out and and get rid of the debris and clear the roads and make it so that responders could get into the places needed to go. And And I think that it's a perfect example of, yes, this was an unexpected event at a time of the year when they weren't really thinking they'd be getting a lot of severe tornadoes in, in, in an area that they weren't expecting it. But they still managed to pull the community together and start putting it back in place immediately within hours of, of everything happening. And, you know, that doesn't mean that they weren't devastated by it, but it does show that there are resilient communities out there. and and there, there were warning systems in this situation that seemed to help in some in some locations in some ways. And um, yes, there's lessons to be learned, but I'd like to talk more about how communities are resilient. I'd like to talk more about how communities come back from these events a year later. Can we revisit with them and talk to them about, you know, what what are they doing now that's different from what they were doing before? Oh, that'd be awesome. Plus, you know, it's 
Resilience is one thing, but neighbors helping neighbors, like you're suggesting from the tornadoes, the Southerners are particularly good about that, too. Um, that's a thing. I mean, the very next day, Joe was off heading to Kentucky. Right, Joe? Yeah, that, that's correct. And and I absolutely saw much of what Jamie was just talking about. You know, I think the locals come together very quickly. Uh, I would really like to see better resiliency and responsiveness in government. Uh, and uh, I just, it always seems to me it takes a while for them to kind of figure out what's going on and engage their systems uh, because they don't tend to practice them very often. And um, they, you know, are sort of out of sight, out of mind from a priority standpoint for government spending and uh, attention for, uh, you know, folks doing those jobs. Exactly. Uh, we do need more of that. Um, the one that strikes me from this last year was uh, Chris and Tim talking about Isla in Louisiana, and he comes from a place working for the state in the EMS division, and he has some really good things to say about how they handled things. But yeah, I think we need more of that. Um, Jamie, who are the two people we can't live without next year? <laughs> well, I call them the two Dans, um, and yeah. uh, you know we've we've had them both on the show many times. Um, Dan Zaner from Nary. Um, where we get to talk about some of the groundbreaking research they're doing into building resilient communities through their structural um, and engineering perspective of, of disasters. And um, also Dan McGuire, who is dealing with the personal resilience of communities and responders through his um, work with CS CISM perspectives. Um, I really... You know, I really think the two of them bring about a look at two different sides of a similar coin. You know, the community resilience and, and structural resilience of the buildings and structures in a community. And then the resilience of the responders and the communities themselves um, from a personal and psychological level um, to be able to respond to that next event after a, a severe, severely traumatic situation. So. Um, I look forward to having them back. I know they'll be back on again because their work is important and there's always an opportunity to talk about more about what they do. And they're fun to talk to. <laughs> I could talk to Dan Zaner all day. He's just, he's just fun. For a guy that does such serious work, uh, I guess that's how he balances things out. Um, Joe, you agreed with Jamie in terms of having live from the field episodes and you're the guy that's usually in the position to do that. So not that we're wishing you deployed a whole lot next year, yeah. but we do enjoy that. But you're also interested in new research and so forth, especially as it relates to EMS? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, disasters tend to really test uh, EMS, fire, and, and law enforcement response systems. And... As we do more and more of these, we hopefully get better and better at it, uh, and we at least get more consistent in our responses. And so I, I think, uh, you know, trying to stay focused on the 
the ways that the system works and researching new approaches. For example, the uh, uh, rescue task force concept in active shooters. Um, you know, I, I saw that put into action in the uh, active shooter that we had in Collierville at the Kroger uh, a few months ago. And was supremely impressed at the rapidity with which we got patients out of that building and uh, care started and and them transported away from the scene. Um, so, uh, you know, I just think there's an awful lot of stuff there that has not had much attention before. And these crazy wild events, whether it's, you know, search and rescue and COVID conditions or it's the frequency of uh, violence in the schools and the workplace, uh, you know, gives us a new place to uh, collect data, do research, and learn to better respond to those things. Oh, you're so right. And for some reason, I did, I it went right over my head about the shooting because I guess we're thinking so much more in terms of weather-related stuff. But yeah, I mean that that's something that would be on the list every year, unfortunately. But yeah, that rescue team concept does work. Um, I did training with firefighters on that a few years ago, and it, you know it was a good concept and something needed to happen to get them in sooner to get people out sooner, especially those that are bleeding. So. It, it, it is a good program, and it's it's simple enough that people can remember it. It's, it's just not complicated. Um, Kyle, what were your favorite episodes? Uh, my two favorites, um, other than the uh, talking about Surfside condo collapse and and, and those updates, there uh, was uh, my second was from Scott Decker, who uh, talked about his uh, his book as well as his experience with the anthrax investigations uh, following 9-11. And I thought that was a, a, a very, uh, very interesting and also very inspirational story because it really told the journey of how, you know, you can really rise to the occasion uh, when you're put in, in a position to succeed and how he, he led and commanded uh, that team to truly revolutionize the way that you know, but these these the sampling, the monitoring, the detection, and, and things like that. You know, things that we now you know do a lot of training on today, um, as even down to the local responder level at some of these uh, amazing federal training facilities that are available. And it's just neat to right be able to talk to the person who, uh, in you know, no joke intended, uh, but sort of wrote the book on how to do it and what works and what doesn't. Well, and he did write the book on it, and he did have a very unique perspective as far as being really on the inside of that. And uh, I think he even said something about a potential movie, but that's something we, again, we would not have known had we not gotten Scott on as a, as a guest. So totally agree on him. And I know you have always things in your head about next year. You want to hit that list, <laughs> Kyle? Oh, Sam, I'd love to. Uh, it's always it's always fun to think of, you know, you know who, you know, we've we've because we've covered so much, as you've said, not not just this year, but other years in the past. But just off the top of my head, uh, what uh, what I would had in mind was uh, in addition to right, some of the lessons learned from the field. 
world, uh, live updates from our staff, but also uh, innovations in in medicine as well, right? Getting back to sort of the, the clinical roots of the podcast here, uh, everything from what Joe uh, can can bring back from the gathering of eagles to any right uh, new technologies, new research, right? How are those new instruments being used or what are the potential uses for them? New research in medicine and how uh, that could be applied um, from the different practitioners that are listening here. And also uh, one of the fun ones I thought of was thinking about uh, what does it take to be a wilderness search and rescue team member, right? Because we had, you know, Moose Mutlow talking about the training he does up, uh, you know, up in the national park space. We've had other uh, folks on before uh, that, that do wilderness search and rescue and really just kind of getting behind the scenes and talking about folks' journeys to get to uh, where they are on their team. And, Speaking of journeys, sort of broadening that out and thinking about stories and introducing stories of inspiration and journeys, right? So, like, how did we get started and what was the progression to where you are now? And that's kind of running the gambit, right, from those that are interested in the medical component of things. So from paramedics, flight medics, nurses, ER docs, uh, even, you know, ski patrollers, the, the list goes on. But really sort of broadening that out so that we could perhaps inspire uh, some some of our listeners who may be younger and looking at a career or who are looking for a career transition and saying, oh, that could totally be me. Yeah, that's kind of how my career started, but it was watching TV. But it makes me think about my my friend Mike, uh, who I knew as a D-matter and ski patroller. He, no, he wasn't a ski patroller. Um, paramedic in Sacramento. And he brought on two other guys that had been paramedics that have went into the service and became flight medics. So that was kind of a fun episode because we had not just one, but three of them. And what I like to know what drives people, and I think that's where you're coming from, too. How, What was the thing that made you decide this is what you wanted to do? And it isn't always what you start out in life um, thinking you're going to do, because something happens along the way that kind of pushes you in that direction. What puts what put you in medicine, Joe? How did you decide you wanted to be a doctor? You know, that, that's a great question. Um, I, I think I was always fascinated by the, the challenge of it and the, the impact of it. I don't know that when I first thought I was interested that I had a good sense of where it would take me. Uh, but looking back on it, I, I've been incredibly blessed with a, an amazing career and uh, life experiences from, uh, you know, professional automobile racing to concerts and mass gatherings to disaster response. So, uh, you know, it, it's been some pretty cool stuff along the way for sure. So, uh, you know, to me, I think it's just the, the opportunity options and horizons that it opens up. Exactly. And you went down a lot of those roads. <laughs> you couldn't be just one thing. You had to be a whole lot of things, but the world is better for you having done that. And we, we love you for that. Uh, one more thing you mentioned, Kyle, was an incident within an incident. You want to talk about what that means? Sure. So just kind of my thought on that was, you know, situations when, you know, say the, the responder becomes the patient, 
right? Because we we always think of you know going and helping others, but it's it's not so often talked about where you have uh, you know responders become injured, whether it's from say an active assailant or an injury. Um, due to just the environment they're operating in, right? And sort of how those types of things are handled uh, on different teams, the different tactics and, and things that are used. And I think that would be a, a fun topic to explore as, uh, you know, first responders are asked to do more and more and, and be increasingly capable and increasingly uh, resilient. But, you know, ultimately, right, we're we're all human and we we are fallible in some ways. And so really kind of opening that Pandora's box of sorts and really getting into and exploring that what-if scenario. Absolutely. And we certainly have them in what-if scenarios. That takes me back actually two years ago to when Joe was in a, a flood situation with his USARs and they almost lost two guys that got, what, what did they get sucked down into, Joe? Yeah, they uh, they got sucked through a uh culvert basically that uh, drained a roadside uh, drainage ditch into a uh, a pretty good size uh, creek yeah that was pretty scary i wouldn't yeah, have wanted yeah, it to be you right because that you know it was just lucky that they were able to get through the other side or that would have been a, a whole different story jamie you got thoughts so far on kyle's offering well, no, I I think that you know everything he said is is spot on, and and what we need to look look for for the next episodes um, for next year, and 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 I personally am looking forward to you know bringing back some of these guests that we've had in the past, and and you know revisiting some of these things, especially the the origin stories. I liked your take on that too, Sam. That why you know where are people coming from and what what brought them into this part of the field, whatever that part of the field is for them. Yeah, and thinking about doctors, Joe, I know a lot. They go through their general MD training with maybe not a strong idea of where they want to go, and then something grabs them at some point or another. They have a kid incident and decide to go into pediatrics or OB or disaster or whatever it may be. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if we can get more of that going on. Uh, Kyle, you had a comment on that? No, just uh, I was just putting in the comments there for Joe, the uh, that the USAR story that uh, he shared uh, of his teammates going through the, the, the drainage culvert there. That's one of the, the, the lessons learned from the field that I share with uh, students in the flood hazards course that I teach for FEMA. It's a it's a really powerful one. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were just so lucky. So, Kyle, what would you who do you who would you like to hear from again this year? Well, uh, I'd like to definitely bring Moose Mutlow back and, yeah. and get more in, in his perspective. It, it was such a a unique and refreshing perspective on resilience that. You know, because because you can read all these book definitions and, you know, national doctrine has definitions of what resilience is. But to to get it from Moose's perspective, I thought was one that needs to be really delved into and expanded upon, uh, like some of the comments that we had earlier. Uh, additionally, checking in with uh, Kevin Ryder, uh, right, our friend Kevin, uh, as a digital nomad now, seeing kind of checking in with him where he's at, how his uh 
little uh, toe behind setup is doing there out in the field and uh, as well as the ever elusive Sasquatch. Yeah. What is the Sasquatch doing these days, Joe? He has been uh, extremely busy uh, doing vaccination pods all over the place and uh, uh, really just trying to keep up with uh, what currently is a big spike in demand, which is wonderful, but it certainly got him working many hours a day. That's the only way he's happy, I think. He's, he's got to be going at full speed. He, he's, he, he has to figure out he's going to have to slow down one of these days. Uh, but he won't. So, uh, looking, I, I think uh, my list is pretty much like everybody else's. Um, my favorite episodes being uh, Joe's kind of collapse episode, um, and the, Moose's concept of a family liaison officer. That is something we don't touch on a lot, but I would like to do more of. And I thought about this ever since. You know, I, I started doing uh, especially federal disaster work is the families don't understand what's going on. How do we keep them informed? Um, uh, they need to know what to do before we leave and what to do when we come back. And I think there's a whole lot more we can we can invest in that. But the concept of that uh, liaison officer for families, I think, is just really awesome and unique and needs to happen. Um, I think our series of Ida updates was awesome. We hit it right from the beginning. And of course, Joe was off on that one, getting out there. And uh, also, like I mentioned, the interview with Chris and Tim talking about it from the state EMS side um, added to that. And uh, the last few, you know, the big tornado discussion, we had a couple on that, which was what was interesting about that was Becky mentioned in that podcast where we're kind of forecasting the storm going through that tornadoes were likely and we're like, what? Well, she turned out to be not only dead on, but one of the probably one of the worst disasters this, this you know, 2021. So <clears throat> we got back with that, with, you know, that next episode we did with Kind of like I told you so, unfortunately, but it was a lot different than any of us would have anticipated. So that was one of my favorite episodes. And, and I totally agree with you, Jamie, on the two, two Dans. Um, plus, you know, some of the NGOs out there, um, Trek Medics, a lot of the other agencies that are out there all the time doing training, uh, sharing um digital formats, you know, helping other systems around the world becoming better at what they do. And I know all you guys seem to have an interest in technology and, uh, you know, where it's going along with all of these things that are coming up. So there we go. Um, Kyle, any lost, lost thoughts? No, you never have lost thoughts. Last thoughts from you? Oh, my. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I... I'd like to to thank all of our awesome listeners, as well as uh, those that are that are just listening as as they go on about their day, as well as those that engage with us in the Disaster Podcast Facebook group. And I personally uh, would love to to hear from our listeners there as well on uh, if there's any topics that they would uh, like to hear us cover as well. So kind of crowdsource uh, from from our audience, as well as. Uh, 
encouraging folks to to share recommendations of guests that we may want to bring on because you know our our networks that we all have are are pretty strong but i know our our podcast community and our listener community is very well connected as well and you know the funny thing about that Kyle is some of the best guests have come from that community uh, Moose is a good example on just, you know, touch, getting in touch with Jamie saying, hey, here's my background, which was amazing. Uh, I'd like to talk about this. So we, we'd certainly love to hear more from people in the community that would like to come on to the podcast and tell us about the wonderful things they do. So totally yes. Joe, thoughts, final thoughts? Uh, well, I think I'll join Kyle and, uh, and just say thanks to all our great listeners. We added uh, a pretty big chunk of folks this year, and that's awesome. Uh, we certainly enjoy interacting with you via uh, our Facebook page as well as the disaster podcast side of things. And uh, we wish everybody a, a very Merry Christmas and a much, much better New Year. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, Jamie... It... We couldn't have anticipated this year at all. I mean, weather-wise or some of the incidents that have occurred, you just, you, you can't do it. I mean, so it kind of makes you wonder, what's 2022 have in store for us? It's kind of scary, but kind of interesting. But, you know, we can pretty well bet we'll be there in some form or another, letting you know what we know and hopefully getting some people from our, our people from the field, in the field, and reporting back to you. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I think you're exactly right. And, and one of the things I think that makes this community and, and their, our regular team, um, as well as our semi-regular guests that come on the show, such a valuable resource um, is that even even with the unexpected that crops up in in this field because that's what disasters are or unexpected events um we we managed to pull together a, a pretty good look at how things are being responded to what we can expect to see um and and then go in and get the after action reports from the people that were there and um we're going to continue to do that and i think that's something that we're just really good at and i i want to thank again our listeners, as everyone has already said, um, what good's the podcast without the people that are listening to it. So thank you very much for continuing to download the show, listen to the show. Uh, make sure you reach out and uh, touch, touch base with us, either by leaving a comment over at disasterpodcast.com on an episode or over in our Disaster Podcast Facebook group. And I, wouldn't, I would be extremely remiss if I didn't um, go back and give a really huge thank you to Joe and Paragon medical education group. Um, you know, this podcast has been going strong for however many years it is now. And, and it all is due to the vision that came about that, that very first time we sat down and had dinner together in Vegas. And, um, you know, thank you very much for your continued support to help bring the podcast out to people on a regular basis and, and help us continue to, um, to, to provide the information we provide to the listeners, Joe, it's, it's greatly appreciated. Well, thanks so much, Jamie. Greatly appreciated. Certainly love participating and uh, being able to contribute. Um, we would be happy to talk with any of those listeners that would uh, be interested in education by having them uh, reach out to us at Paragon 
medical education group on uh, on the web or on Facebook or through the disaster podcast. Absolutely. And I hope that people will do that. Reach out, um, just send a thank you even um, to, to thank them for the continued support um, so that we can keep bringing the disaster podcast to people um, here every week. So uh, Sam, um, I, I really look forward to these retrospective episodes at the end of the year because it's, it's, daunting sometimes to go back and look at all the things we've covered over the course of a year and realize how much has gone by and, and how much we've, how much ground we've covered. So um, thank you for your continued work in bringing in great guests and topics and following up and getting the scheduling and stuff done. Cause that's all on you and, and we wouldn't have the podcast without you. Well, we wouldn't have it without you. Or Joe, and, and that's the point I was going to make. We have such an awesome team. All of us have been together for years now. Dan DePodwin was the last one to join, but, uh, you know, we're in this together. We have been for quite some time, and uh, I, we couldn't live without any of them. We're not always here at the same time, but, you know, each of us, even though we have three meteorologists, they all, their focuses in, in life and weather are all on different things. So there's always something they have to contribute. And, and we're going to hear about the X Games next year, Kyle. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we're I'm deep in the planning process now and finalizing some things. And we'll definitely be checking in and sharing with the team after that. Excellent. So I guess we'll have to say goodbye to 2021, and in some cases, that's not a bad thing. Uh, Anticipate 2022, so have a safe holiday. Um, If you're traveling, be especially safe out there, and we'll see you next year.